Hey, good morning, folks. Thanks for joining us at uh, Liberty Online. I pray that uh, all of you had a great Thanksgiving and got to see friends and family and are enjoying uh, that time together. I pray that you're all healthy and well as we continue through this season of of unknowns and, and lots of questions more than there are answers. But I pray that you are committing uh, your life to following what the Lord would have you do today. And I want to piggyback on some things I said last week. Here I sit in a Walmart parking lot as I think about all of the things that we have in our world and the, the, the crazy ways that we are spoiled in our Western civilization. Uh, I look around and see Best Buy and Sheets and I can see you know, Subway and I can see Walmart and of course TJ Maxx and some of those other places, Panera. All of those places right here in this one specific location. And the gratitude that we sometimes take for granted for the way that God has worked in our world and, and done some things that, that maybe we take for granted. And so I want to piggyback on it because last week we talked about gratitude and the definition of gratitude was that it's the quality of being thankful. And are you really working and continuing to grow uh, in your understanding and development of that quality in your life? What did you do this week that, that really helped you grow in the quality of being thankful? How have you pursued thankfulness and, and how is it going to change then how you perceive others? Because the second part of the definition is that it's a readiness to show appreciation for, so to recognize and appreciate the gratitude, to appreciate things that you have been given, and then to return kindness. To, so to appreciate the kindness that's been shown to you and return kindness to others. And last week we talked specifically about how we view our circumstances. And the fact that gratitude should radically impact us and our hearts, yes. It should, should change the way we view our circumstances. And we can continually look back to that and read the scriptures and understand that, that it's a powerful thing that God has done for us to have gratitude for all of the kindnesses that are shown to us. And as we view our circumstances that way, with gratitude, then we should also be able to increase our compassion for others' circumstances as well. As our gratitude level goes up, so should our compassion level a bit as we think about and look around the world that we've been given. So as we sit here in Walmart parking lot and, and think about all of the people that are around me, I can't help but think how thankful I am that, that I am so close to all of these things. I have access immediately to, to few food and clothing and and all the things that I need in my world are provided. And as my gratitude goes up, I then begin to look at the people around me and think about what their life might look like. And and it develops a compassion in me when I see that that some of people have less than I have and, and some people have more than I have. And I wonder how much is enough just like everyone else. And the gratitude that I'm that increases in my heart starts to quash some of those feelings. I don't worry about what I have so much. 
I start to raise my compassion level and think to those people that that I know uh, we served Thanksgiving dinner meals to last week, or or we bought a pair of socks or a pack of socks for 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 the ministry that we are doing, and we're providing coats for folks, and we're doing all of these cool things because I pray that your gratitude level is going up, and you're appreciating more what you have, and it's also bringing along with it your compassion level for others. I think it's incredibly important to understand that as you do that, you're acting like your creator. That as we grow in these things, we're, we're acting out the characteristics of God. You know, the first thing that I read this week is Psalm 103. And as a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those who fear him. And so, so as we continue to revere what it is that God is doing in our lives and what he has done for us, as we fear him and revere him and keep him in a proper perspective... He has compassion on us. He loves us. He provides for our needs. He protects us. He does those things that that we often take for granted again. And so as we then develop those characteristics, as we continue to be gratified in all the things that he has done for us, then our compassion level for other people should also mirror that. And we're behaving more and more like our creator. As we read in 1 Thessalonians, right, that it's God's will for us to do a few things, right? To pray continuously and to give thanks in all situations and to rejoice always because that's what God's will is for us, right? And that is truly what God's will is for us in this moment. That God's will is for us to understand His Son, Jesus. To be thankful for all that He has done for us. That He has provided a way into eternity for us. And be so gratified by that, by, by increasing our gratitude and raising that level. Then we get to, to look at others and show compassion to the world around us. Out of the overflow of the gratitude that's in our heart. So as I thought about it, I thought if we, if we want to be more like our Creator, and we want to continue to show uh, gratitude and compassion, then, then let's look at Jesus because, you know, this month is, is the end of Thanksgiving here. We're coming up on the end of uh, November and looking at December. We're thinking about Jesus' life on earth beginning. And so how did Jesus spend time ministering to people? Well, in Matthew 14, we see a very clear picture of what was important to Jesus. Matthew 14 is right after Jesus finds out that John, his cousin, his dear friend, John the Baptist, has been beheaded. In verse 13, we pick up the story. He finds out this news that his, his incredibly close friend has been killed on his behalf, basically, for representing Jesus and baptizing folks and, and doing things that were contrary to what the government wanted them to do in those moments. And Jesus heard what happened in verse 13. He withdrew by boat privately to a solitary place. Hearing of this, the crowds followed him on foot from their towns. And when Jesus landed, 
and saw a large crowd. He had compassion on them, and he healed their sick. So Jesus finds out that his dear friend John has been beheaded. And instinctively, humanly, not sinfully, Jesus wants to go into some self-isolation. He wants to get away and go to a place, a solitary place, where he can think about all that's just happened and process it. And so he gets into a boat and he rows to a solitary place with the disciples that are with him. And the people in the towns are still amazed at his teaching and they are still somewhat confused by his uh, miracles. And they're looking to him to provide an answer to a lot of their questions and he wants to be alone to process the death of his friend. And as he gets to the shore, he sees that they have followed on foot around the lake and they are now waiting for him on that shore. As he gets out of the boat, he sees them and it says that they followed him. And when he landed, he saw a large crowd. And he had compassion on them and he healed their sick. What Jesus really wanted or maybe needed was some time alone to process what had gone on in his life and, and the loss of a dear friend. But what God's plan was, was for him to see this crowd, for him to be surrounded by people that needed him. To be impressed by the fact that they sought him out, that they were looking for Jesus. And God's plan was was not the same as Jesus' plan. And these folks uh, were not going to be with Jesus in eternity yet. We don't know. Some of them were followers. Some of them didn't understand who he was. John had already been translated, right? He had already been taken to the Father, and, and he was in the best place he could be. And this was God's way of saying, Jesus, listen, your plan is, is, is my plan, and John is well taken care of. You need to take care of these sheep. You need to have compassion on them and share why you are here. And that's a difficult thing for us sometimes, to have, to have compassion for people that sometimes is greater than our circumstances. Jesus, in this instance, his circumstances were pretty overwhelming, and yet his compassion as he got out of the boat exceeded his circumstance. His compassion was greater than his circumstance. And that's an important lesson to to learn as we think about who Jesus was and how he lived. And, and we get to see it walked out for us because sometimes we think, well, Jesus doesn't understand. You know, doesn't he know that I hurt? My heart is broken. And, and yeah, he does. He knows. God the Father knows because God the Father knew that his son was going to die as well. And, and yet he said the important thing is that we get as many people into the kingdom as possible, that that compassion is summed up by those that are brought into a healthy relationship with Jesus, those who know him as the one true way to salvation. Sometimes we have to remember that our compassion should be stronger than our circumstances. That as we grow in gratitude, as we raise the level of gratitude and thankfulness for what it is that, that God has done in our lives, that 
We also grow in compassion and our compassion should should exceed our pain inside of circumstance sometimes, our compassion for others. As we think about this pandemic and some of the things that I mentioned on Sunday this past week, it's been refreshing for me to look back over this year and to see the amount of things that God has taken care of and to be reminded that even though I'm in the middle of some crazy things and my mind is swirling in a lot of different directions and wondering what is God trying to do with his church, with his body? What is he doing with my kids' futures? All of those things, yes, they matter. But what really should matter is how much am I telling other people about eternity? My compassion for others should be motivated by their eternity, not necessarily by their immediate circumstances, not by my pain, not by overwhelming worry about what God is doing here on this earth, because, again, this is not my home anymore. This is a place that that I am living temporarily, yes, but my home is with Jesus. And if I believe that I am saved and that I have been the opportunity to be with Jesus exists, then then I need to continue to pursue Him and His will. And His will is that I would rejoice always, right? That I would pray continually in every circumstance and that I would be thankful in all circumstances. And so that's what His will is, that, it's a, that today even I would be rejoicing, that I would be in prayer, and that I would be giving thanks for all the things that have gone right. And if I'm growing in that gratitude, if my mindset is increasing in that level of gratitude, then my readiness to return kindness should be going up, and my compassion level for others and their circumstances should be changed. And if my compassion level is high enough, then I can even overcome my circumstance to have compassion on other people like Jesus did. At one of the darkest moments we see in his ministry, as one of his dear friends has has just lost his life, a family member, he has compassion on this large crowd and does what it is that, that he does best. He just loves people. He meets them right hands on. How do I know he does things hands on and he wants us to continue to do that? Because a few chapters later in Matthew 20, we come back to another. Matthew 20, verse 34. Jesus had compassion on them. He touched their eyes. Immediately they received their sight and he followed them. And they followed him. So Jesus is in another crowd In Matthew chapter 20, he's walking along a road and there's this large crowd and there are a couple of blind men. There's these two blind men alongside the road and they're trying to overwhelm this crowd of people by their own voices. And they're yelling at Jesus, Jesus, have mercy on us, Lord, just have mercy on us, save us. And the crowd is rebuking them, telling them to be quiet. Why don't you just go away? Jesus stops He spends time with them. He reaches down. He touches their eyes. And they are healed. Jesus not only hears their cry. Okay? 
So he takes a moment and he hears what it is that they have to say. His compassion motivates him to stop, to listen. Not just listen and hear it, but to get involved. He gets hands on. I can see him kneeling down to these two blind men. He's listening to their story. He's told the crowd to stop. Just just stop. Let me listen to what they want to say. And he reaches out and he touches them. He heals them. He gets engaged in their lives. His compassion allows him to overcome the public outcry. There's this public voice that's around him that's saying, saying, Jesus, these men, they're making so much racket. Why don't you just, why don't you just teach us? Tell us what it is that you want us to hear, right? And he says, wait, I got to get involved in these folks' lives. And it specifically says that after he healed them, they followed him. They followed him because they knew he was good. Yeah, he healed their sight, but he also took the moment to listen to them. He could have given in to the voice of the crowd. He could have listened to the voice of the crowd saying, you know, Jesus, there's a lot of other important things. There's so many other things going on in our world. Why don't we talk about the pandemic? Why don't we talk about this presidential election? Why don't we do... Or we could stop and we could listen to the people in our lives and how they're hurting. We could stop and listen to the people in our communities that really need us. And we could pray that Jesus would heal their broken hearts, that Jesus would heal their physical infirmities, that Jesus would bring them to a saving knowledge of who he is. We would allow ourselves to be like Jesus and allow our compassion to overcome the public voice that's in our minds. That we would really get to what gratitude means as we process all that we've been given and so many things to be thankful for, that we would grow in appreciation for all the things that he's given to us. And as we appreciate all the things he's given to us, we're ready to return that kindness. That as we develop our gratitude and we continue to develop this quality of life That as we live in a quality of being thankful every day, it makes us more like our creator. For our God is compassionate. It makes us like our savior because he was compassionate. His compassion overwhelmed his circumstances. When he was in pain, he found a way to be compassionate. When he was listening to the crowd and he's walking alongside the road and this large crowd is telling him, just rebuking the people that are hurting, saying, just get out of the way. Jesus stops and he listens. His compassion overcame the public outcry. Compassion for the world that was lost and dying. Paul sums it up in Colossians. And I want this to be our prayer as we close because I want you to meditate on Colossians 3, 12 through 17. Throughout this coming week, I want you to read this, because this is what Paul writes to the church at Colossae as instructions on how to do some of these things, the quality of being thankful, being developed in their lives. This is a New Living Translation. 
Since God chose you to be the holy people that he loves, you must clothe yourselves with tender-hearted mercy, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Make allowance for each other's faults and forgive anyone who offends you. Does it sound like we need to hear that today? Make allowance for each other's faults and forgive anyone who offends you. Remember the Lord forgave you. And so you must forgive others. And above all, clothe yourselves with love, which binds us all together in perfect harmony. And let the peace that comes from Christ rule in your hearts. For as members of one body, you are called to live in peace. And always be thankful. Let the message about Christ in all its richness fill your lives. Teach and counsel each other with all the wisdom that he gives. Sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs to God with thankful hearts. And whatever you do or say, do it as a representative of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks through Him to God the Father. Amen. I pray that you will read these verses again over and over this week and think about what they mean in your context. As you develop an appreciation for kindness, and you develop that readiness to return kindness. We have so many things going on in our world that, that could use some kindness. I pray that you appreciate all the kindness that God has shown you. And that it would motivate you to be kind to one another. To forgive one another. To, as the words say here, to let the peace that comes from Christ rule in your hearts. I pray that for you this week, that you would be peaceful knowing that God has been kind to you and that you have been given the opportunity to be kind to others, that we would live in gratitude together, that that would be the quality that people see in and through us. Hey, thanks for joining me. For more information on the ministry of Liberty Grace, go to graceinrichland.com. To support the ministry of Liberty, go to graceinrichland.com slash giving. Thanks for joining us today.